You wanted to see me, Miss Swinton? Have you been hearing about the new government modernization efforts? AI, RPAs, data science. Things are changing at this agency, and people will need new skills. Oh. I'd like you to get some training. Huh. Look at this management concepts catalog. Wow, over 275 courses. That's right, in local classrooms or instructor-led online classes. We still have budget in this fiscal year, so sign up online. Advance your career with courses from Management Concepts. Get a catalog at managementconcepts.com or call 833-578-8466. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to Over the Rainbow Show with your host Bob Brown on Friday the 25th of October at 3pm Eastern Time, 12 o'clock Pacific Time and 8pm UK Time. And to all the listeners from around the world, you can go to Beacon of Light Radio chat on Facebook or you can Skype me at Beacon Light Radio. Well, it's nice to have um, a wonderful guest tonight as well. Uh, in fact, this week I've been uh, been to Benton twice. This week, I think we went. I think we went Saturday, and then we went Monday night. Um, cold nights, dark nights, but never mind. We love it up there. You know, <laughs> we like to just go up there and, and uh, have a good talk about anything. And if anything yeah. arises, we've got the cameras, we've got the equipment, and yeah. people say. You two are mad, you know. You're going up there, and we'll be there. We'll be up there at Christmas Eve. We did last year, year before that, and uh, it was about minus six, and we had uh, two fish cakes wrapped up in foil, ready to eat, <laughs> and an hour later. But you know, but never mind. That's what that's what uh, investigations all about, and uh, yeah. and, and having a bit of fun as well, not being serious. But there's yeah. lots of people nowadays are turning up um, because they know we usually go there about seven to half past, maybe eight. Yeah. And we get up to car park and there's people, are you yeah. Paul Sinclair and Bob Brown? It happens to me. happens to me as well, I'll be honest. And I and then say, day, and I'll say, no, I say, is it all right? We've come down with you. Well, yeah. Yeah. it's strange, but we, we just love being on the zone. Yeah, but, well, see, but we don't mind hanging out for a bit, and then we usually say, Right, why don't you go over to Tops yeah. to Dane's Dyke and have a look? If you see anything, just let us know. Anyway, yeah. my guest today is Debbie Crossley Aswell. Yeah. Debbie's yeah. a writer, researcher, a YouTube blogger, a podcaster, and a collector of witness statements. So, what more can we say? You know, she's a Bigfoot, she's into Bigfoot <laughs> and strange creatures now. Can we please welcome Deborah to the show? 
Hello, oh, Deborah. Thank you, Bob. It's lovely to be here. Well, your name's been coming, propping up uh, week after week after week, and then another week goes by, and I thought, oh, my God, I better get Deborah on. You know, it's, <laughs> because it's a fascinating subject, what we, we talk about, and, and you're getting into it now as well. What I am, get I am. You, you know, what got you interested in the cryptic subject then? Well, I was never interested before. Um, it, it, I'd never had, never heard of it. Other than the Loch Ness Monster, I had no idea. My dad was kind of into his UFO stuff and his strange mysteries and things, but that's what your dad did. You know, I was 15 then. We had no interest in what my dad did. Was skipping school, should have been in. Exam week, didn't go in with my friend. Went to the local park, really overgrown. Council, you know what it's like, Bob. The council have left it to run to Rack and Ruin. Yeah. And... We just thought it's it was because it was right over the road from school, old abandoned mansion in it and everything. It was fantastic and a big greenhouse and it just was a place where we'd go and skip it because nobody'd see you. You get the odd teacher walk by, but mostly you'd be fine. And that's how it was that day. And I was with my friend and most girls in 1982 will will relate to this. We were talking about lads, the youth club what we were going to tell our parents when we got home because we were clearly wagging school. And um, I caught a movement in the bushes out of the corner of my eye. And I thought it was going to be a teacher. And I thought it was going to go right, cross left. And it wasn't. And the other thing I thought it might have been was a lad, you know, just one of my mates. Yeah. Yeah. And it was this thing. And at the time, I could only describe it as a monster. It looked like... A man and an ape squashed together, that kind of troglodyte, Neanderthal look, completely covered in hair. I only saw it from chest up, Bob, so I didn't see its body. only saw it from chest up, but at the face, I got a real good look at the face. Did he frighten you at that time? Absolutely. I'm going to be dead straight honest with you. It frightened me that much that I pushed my friend to the floor so it would get my friend, and I ran. Like, I was gone. Whew, five seconds off, like Limpa Christa. And I did looked you, back. You know, when you got back home, did you talk about it or did you keep it to yourself? No, I, got, I was in an absolute state when I got in. Absolute state. It was massive. It was about seven and a half foot tall. At the time, I thought it was about ten foot tall. But it's only going back now I'm an adult and looking, doing a size comparison. It was about probably about seven foot five. So not out of human range, but bloody big. Massive shoulders. My dad's a big guy, a really big, strong man. And it would have flicked, it could have just ripped my dad's head off. Whatever it was, terrified me. And you're not supposed to see something like that in Manchester in a park. It was absolutely impossible. It should not have happened. So it was not only did I see something that scared me, I had an event happen and that event should not have happened. I thought it was going crackers. But I did look back. As I was running away, I looked back to A, to see if it was coming after me, I'll be honest, and B, to see if she got up and she was running and it had gone. It just kind of went back into the bushes and it had gone. And I don't remember part of the run home. I have a missing time. Ah. Exactly. So now you can see why I'm starting to look at other subjects. Because I remember coming to at the East Lanks Road. 
because at that point I had to make a decision, a conscious decision when I went, whether I went across the dell, which was really overgrown in green, and I'd just seen this thing in an area like that, or go about a mile and a half the other way, and that I chose them. I just remember consciously thinking, I can't go over the dell, I can't go over the dell, it'll get me. And the next conscious thought I had was being at home telling me mum. So there's these little periods of missing time. And then jump on, 37 years. From being 15, I've looked yeah. for other people. And there are other people in my town that have seen it and have gone on record stating that. There's about nine of them now. Right. From, I know, from the 1960s up to 2016 being the last. As people started to talk about it now. Yeah, yeah, you'd be, you'd be amazed how much it's changed for me. Back then, I was kind of ostracised. I was this girl who'd seen a monster. Me and my friend wouldn't exactly. speak to you know? Yeah, we wouldn't speak to each other when we went back to school. And we had about six months left to do. Because you left in the May, didn't you? June time, that kind of time. Yeah, So we did, still yeah. had time to do. I still had to spend time with her. And uh, we just kind of... It was as if we both just refused to admit the event. And then every now and again, it'd come up in conversation with somebody would say about the gorilla man in the park or something like that. And we'd look at each other, give each other that look. But we were really embarrassed about, at 15, in, in, a, com in a normal comprehensive, saying, I saw an ape man in the park. You're not going to do it, are you, Bob? It's just not happening. Oh, no. They'd <laughs> absolutely crackers them two girls over there. Exactly. Yeah, oh, talk to drama. them. Yeah, just drama. But the mayor seen it. Maybe um, somebody dressed up in a suit. Yeah, that's all I ever got. It's an homeless man. They've seen an homeless man. They're just being overdramatic. It changed my life. And people think I am being overdramatic when I say this. But for an ordinary girl who lived in a mill town where nothing like that ever happened, I didn't know if my parents were lying to me. And there were monsters out there and they just hadn't told us. Or if even worse, they didn't know. Uh, you know, when we talk about these all these years ago, things have been coming in and out of dimensions. That's or, yeah. You know, because many a time these these things appear, and then they vanish, and it could exactly be or six years, yeah. five years, ten years, and yeah. then they just appear again. That's it. And it, then back then, I was I thought I was looking for a caveman or an ancient man of some kind. Because I drilled out delusion because there was two of us and we both saw it and we remembered the event exactly. And even years after when, you remember when Friends United came out and people were meeting up in school? Yeah. Um, they're old school friends and things like that. Um, I actually, back then, I, I managed to get a bit of a thicker skin and I would ask outright then if anybody had seen anything in the park and I put that up in the post and she popped up and put, oh, you mean the gorilla man? And I crapped it. I turned the, I thought, no, I can't discuss it. Because discussing it made it really, really real. So I went and hid again for a, quite a long while again. And then, but I did find other people, Bob, and I kept finding other people. And 37 years on, I found over 600 people that not just see that, what I saw. They've seen other Yeah, it, yeah. Ordinary people see impossible things. I know, I wonder why. You, you, yeah. Sometimes you think, um, does it run in the family from year, yeah. from from your grandparents? They might have seen something, or um, it's looking into yeah. things like that. It's strange, but I never asked my dad. My dad was in army for he was yeah. in India for seven years, and uh, 
then, you know, because I saw, I saw a UFO in 1962. Right. Three. Cigar-shaped object. Yeah. I was in Halifax at the time. I got ridiculed about it. Absolutely. Because my name was yeah. in the paper. It was only, it said something like, uh, Mansi's flying object over yeah. Halifax. Yeah. And my yeah. name. And then I went into work and there were, Oh, you're drunk, you're, you know. Yeah. You've been taking that. Oh, he's off his rocker, he's pots for rags. That's all I ever heard. Oh, she's... You know, but, you know when you say it with your friend, do you, uh, do you keep in touch with her then? No, well, we still live in the Not really. We still live in the same town. Um, I moved away. Well, I moved away. Salford is... is owned by Greater the Manchester, so you all come under the same thing. But I've moved now. I'm in the Bolton area, and I moved in my 20s. So, because we, but it's a really small town, so I was at her wedding. She was at my wedding. Kids know each other. We bump into each other every now and again on social media. No, she's no interest in it whatsoever, and I need to know. And she's fine with me doing that, and, and I'm fine with her because it's different for different people, isn't it? Yeah, is this when you started the the British Bigfoot investigation then? Yeah, and I'm really glad that I get the opportunity to talk about this because most people think I only do Bigfoot. So it takes them a while to realise that that's just where I, I... I had no idea what it was, Bob. I had no idea. So I had to start looking for things that it could possibly maybe be. So looking up aliens, all they ever was out there was the greys or the green, nothing. It was nothing like that. And I had no clue. And then I saw an article on the Sykesville monster. And that happened in America. And the picture, it was kind of a photo fit that the witnesses had put together. And it could have been his brother or his cousin. And I literally, I just, I had a complete panic attack. I was crying. It's not running down my face. Oh, I was in a right mess. And it just brought it all back to me. It was like being back and looking in his face again. And I thought, that's what it is. That's what it is. And I decided at that point it was a big foot. So but, then, since then, you've had uh, people ringing you up and telling you about what oh, they've seen. Yeah, yeah. I, do, I do the same as Paul. I will, wherever I go, I ask people. I never, I just say, have you ever seen anything strange? on your land or have you had any strange experiences on your land and as you know nine times out of ten you get well it's funny you should say that even when we was camping in Buxton a few months ago because you was as you were saying before you can be out at Benson and people come out and want to meet you so what I do is the reason I started the Bigfoot thing was I thought there's people all across the UK who have the same interests in the same thing but they can get together online well, actually getting together outside in the field, it never really happens, does it? So when I started the members group, so that people, there's a map there of, of members all across the UK. So if you want to go to, say, Huddersfield and do a night in the field and star watch or Bigfoot or whatever it is you want to do, I can put you in touch with six or seven other people that want to do that as well. And I've been lucky enough to go along myself. So I've been there to greet them and say, I, are in, I usually give them a map of the sightings that are in the area. And then they go off on their own in the other look. And I'll just sit and have a brew. Because I'm disabled, I can't do any walking. And I'll sit and have a brew and let them ask whatever questions they want. And you'd be amazed, Bob, how many of them just want to meet up and talk to like-minded people. 
And in doing I that, I realise... I think it is a good thing because uh, we've had people come from Birmingham, from, De yeah. from Devon even, and they've yes, come up for the weekend hoping to see us, me and Paul, yeah. mainly Paul-like as well, and they'll say, we just thought we'd come up and we'll say, yeah. right now. Um, what what have you seen? And they start saying, "Yeah, we've read your book and and all yeah. that." But we have seen things as well, so we wanted to come up and and see some in your area. Yeah, and yeah. what you find is social media is fantastic, but it's had its day. People want to start making human connections again because they like talking about a their experiences. I know on the meets when I've done it, people come along and for the first five minutes or so, they're a little bit nervous and they have to test you out. So I usually start and tell them what I've seen and what other people have seen in the area. And I say, not just creatures, people have seen lights, they've seen craft, they've had paranormal experiences, they've had missing time. Six or seven people have gone missing from this area with no explanation. I give them all of that and then you see their story come out and they'll say, well, actually, in 72, this happened to me or... In 89, I was out with our kid and this happened and they swapped stories. And it's not just about Bigfoot. They talk about UFOs, like, say, the paranormal. Loads of subjects they cover because they all have the same interest, you know? I think, yeah, I think it's a great thing that people from years ago are just starting to talk about it now. Yeah. And not be yeah. frightened of telling you what they've seen. They might just say, well, if you're going to write about me, don't put my name there, but I'll tell yeah. you a story. You see, yeah, I still get that, but it, you met, well, you won't remember because you're not that old, but in, when the Victorians started doing mediumship and things like that, people thought they were absolutely crackers. They ridiculed them. We put people in, in mental hospitals for seeing ghosts. It's yeah. Now, it's a very accepted subject. People think nothing of going out of a weekend in groups and, and ghost hunting. Then probably Leftovers or the DMV Number 97. or house cleaning or Chumba Casino always brings the fun. Play over a hundred different games online for free from anywhere. You could redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. Live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. We're prohibited by law. T plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Probably in, like you said, in the 60s and the 70s, if you said that you had a, an abduction, a craft, a light in the sky, you actually saw a figure, you would have been ridiculed. But it's okay to talk about a UFO experience now. People are more than happy to come forward and tell their story. Unfortunately, what you've still got is a big group of people who don't know, A, a name to put on what they've seen or what they've experienced. They can't put a name to it. They can't say, oh, it was definitely this. I'm not sure what happened that day, Debbie, but this is what happened. Or I'm not sure what I saw that day, Debbie, but this is what happened. When you start listening to those stories and you see that continuous thread through all of them and the same expressions on the faces, and the, sometimes they use the same exact sentence. 
it was covered in air from head to toe. I have heard that in every single accent across the UK. It was covered in air from head to toe. So away, what are they seeing? And but, you enjoy, but now you enjoy going out there, don't you? Yeah, I mean, I, I, yeah, I do. And what I'll do is I'll go out and I'll arrange a meet and I'll say to people, right, I'll be in Todmorden on the 8th. I'll be at this car park. <laughs> my husband gets the campfire out, gets the brew going and everything. And I sit in my wheelchair or in my comfy chair and I just chat to everyone. And then, because I honestly think that's the way we're going to find answers. My brother lives at Booth. Right. Right. That's, uh, so I think don't know. Right to Tombardine. And right. when you go through Maiden Ride, there's a big old going on there. My brother lives at the top of there. Right. See, it's all interconnected. And my husband, and he won't mind me telling you, he saw something when he was a lad with three friends, nothing to do with the creature. He saw a light in the sky. And I asked him if it was okay if I spoke to you about it because I said you were one of the people that would probably understand. You've got four working class lads. Walking to the late night garage, eight late eighties, early nineties. Then they just the next memory they have is waking up on the ancient barrow, and they're all lying on the floor in a cross shape, head to head. So I look into this story, and I remember when I moved round here in ninety four. There was a guy called Alan, and he's. I've also asked him, and he said he don't mind me saying. And he said to me, "You know, Deborah, I remember an event where there was a light over the bottom field." And loads of us come out and saw it, but we didn't remember it until we saw each other, they'll say, days or weeks or months later. So I said to him, where did you see it? And he told me the name of the road. And I thought, that is directly like five past one on the clock from where Mark had his strange experience. So and there must think, be some missing time there as well. Yeah, I was just going to say that. Not only was the missing time, when they came to it, the light was above them. And he said it moved, you know, like a fly moves in a direct yeah. angle. None of that, no swirls to it. He said, it sh I'll probably get it wrong and I'll check with him again, but it was along the lines of, it kind of moved very quickly to the right, very quickly to the left, and then just shot off at speed. And they all came around and they couldn't remember how they got there. They had the goods in their hand that they were going to the garage to buy, but none of them remembers going into the garage. Two of them, sadly, it really affected them that, 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 that badly that they're passed away now. My husband just doesn't talk about it. He's only just started talking about it. And the other lad watches the skies 24-7. It sounds so, as though, you know, they've had missing time and they could have easily been abducted at the same time. That's the worry with my husband. He said he doesn't know whether he wants to know what happened in that missing time. Did he have any marks on his body or anything like that sometimes uh, things like that do happen i mean i'll ask him i don't know because that's what i'm saying i don't know anything about this subject to help him so it was when i, I thought there's so many people out there they don't just see a creature they've seen lights they've seen this they've seen that i really need to learn what other people other people's subjects really so that i can go well actually yeah, but you, you will learn going on that yeah. way and talking to other people like Paul, like Paul Sinclair, that's so that's, and, that's and other people but... like that, and, and mm -hmm. finding out what he's gone through, because Paul's gone through a hell of a life uh, yeah. growing yeah. up from a yeah. young kid, and he's had um, strange things happen to him. But mm -hmm. usually when yeah. they get abducted, sometimes they, um, they can put implants in you. They yeah, can. yeah. Um, 
looking for something in your body and they might leave a scar what you've never seen before in your life. And that's people it, say, yeah, well, I've it, had an operation, it. but I've got a scar there now. Yeah, it just, it's just it's the way, to me, it's the... It, what got even stranger, Bob, and I meant to mention it. It was really strange. I was actually talking to somebody about it the other night because I said to him, I'm going to write an article about it and see if anybody else in the town remembers the event. And if they do, because now I get I get reports of the ice cream man or people at local shops, someone will go in and ask, where's the Bigfoot woman live? And they'll say, right, down there at Botman Street. And I actually have a Bigfoot in my window now so they can find me. And they just come and tell me. And, um, yeah, but, yeah, don't you think that's great? But, yeah, you uh, do. I just think it's they, they, yeah. what they're doing, they're trusting you definitely and I say to every single one of them the first thing I want you to know is you're not alone I've spoken to hundreds of people who have been through exactly the same thing as you, I never put a word on it I always say to them before I speak to you you tell me first in your own words what that's the best way and yeah. uh, usually they'll probably say and I know somebody else has seen some as well yeah yeah, or when I was a young child, I saw this. Or my mum is sensitive. Me, or me, There's always a family story, always. So like Paul, I think, is it the person? Are they the key to the phenomena? Is it the area itself? Is it, is it putting it out there? Or kind of attracting it like a huge magnet? Or is it just a series of different events that we're putting together? And I don't think it's the last one. I don't think it's a series of events that we are... Forcing you know, I think I think some areas attract most areas, but yeah. like Betton, there's, there's other places exactly. around the world where are having similar sort of things in yeah. certain areas. Is it to do and with you know with different things, ley lines? Yeah, uh, yeah that, that comes into play. Ley lines come into play. One of my things, you know, like everybody has a hobby. Well, weirdly, one of my hobbies, even as a kid, was maps. I absolutely love maps. Don't know why, just always liked them. So even so, when Google Maps came out, oh, I was I was on that like a shot. But much before that, when I only had three or four sightings, I got a massive big, you know, the big maps that used to pin on the wall of England. Yeah. And I put a red dot every time I found a sighting. I put a red dot on it. And uh, I only had I got to about eleven or twelve, and Google came out, and I thought, right, that's the way to go with that one. Then I'll just do it on Google Map. So it shows it enables me to see. So say I pick a town like Bridge, I can see what accounts come in from that area, whether it's been a creature, a howl, a strange paranormal experience, things thrown at them in the wood, that feeling of being watched, any UFO, any lights, and I can see clusters around towns. Todmorden is one of them, definitely. And oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I can remember them days as well. Yeah, so they just... It's, they it's in a valley... Things seem Sorry. to they do a lot of plane practice over that area as well. Mm. But you see, you've got the Sigmund Adamski thing. That story always fascinated me as a kid. The fact that he'd been dropped onto that coal leap. Oh, well, he was on top of the coal leap and there was no coal on his clothes and he had that strange substance on him. And it, as a kid, I just used to, maybe I'm just nosy, Bob. I just like to know the ins Doesn't and Doesn't matter. It's, it's good about you. You're researching things. That is the main thing. It's like going to the library and think, right, I'm going to have a look yes. in this. I'm going to try yeah, and find that paper where it was listed and, you know, go down there and do as, get as much information as you can on the subject. That's it. 
that's the one that's just that's all I ever do and I get accused of being pushy and all kinds of things but it's just this need to know I'm not coming at it I say to a lot of people I'm not doing it to write a book I'm a witness I'm not doing it because I'm writing a doc or I'm doing this or I'm doing that I'm looking at it from a completely different perspective the perspective of how the hell did I see it and why me if I hadn't seen it if it had not moved 10 more seconds and that event would never have happened and I would have had a completely different life and it just why did we see it that day how the hell could it have got there and it's just going through all the theories of what could possibly well I suppose it after all them years it will do with you it does it just never goes away it's like the lights and, or the craft yeah you never goes you still see it you know it, when hell. when you talk about that has your opinion mm. changed then what you saw over that over them years yeah, I've got to be honest and say it has. I mean, I'm always definite on what it is, and I've given up on that now. I'm in my 50s now, and I realise I don't know bugger all, um, pardon me French. Back then, I was looking for a monster, an ape, like an escaped ape or a gorilla or something like that. Then I realised that whatever was out there was far more intelligent than that, because that wasn't what I was finding. And I was hearing from other people that were seeing these things, and the strange animal kills and mutilations and things like that and then I went down the, the the route of it it was definitely this and then it was definitely that and I've never been able to say 100% it is definitely this and until I can I've got to keep looking I do think what, it's, what I'm chasing is incredibly hard to understand and that there's evidence for a flesh and blood and be dimensional and interdimensional, and also see extraterrestrial. I have seen evidence for all of those things. I've got reports from people who have had an out-of-body experience, and they're looking at the camp from above, and they see a figure, which at first is alien in origin, and then completely changes into this hairy ape-type Bigfoot thing and walks through the camp. So there's, but there's no flesh and blood element to that at all. But then I've got ones that are completely, it was definitely flesh and blood. It was stood in front of me. And, and I will, I would say the same thing, that what I looked at was as solid as I was. But that doesn't mean that it wasn't dimensional. So I can't be 100% about what I'm chasing. So what I do is I say, well, the era of the theories, this, it, as I say, it could be flesh and blood. It could be a monkey. It could be misidentification. We have to set that on board. It could be a paranormal event could be a time slip of some kind i'm not saying it is i'm saying that there are all the possibilities of, and there's much more there's many many more than that so i give all of those and i say to them whatever works for you is one of them will get your interest and then that's start your journey and just go down there and if it works for you that's fine if not come back and look at the other theories because that's what i do you know and these crossovers as you said before the the, the crossover that the, the I've seen a creature, but I also saw strange things when I was a kid. And then these other people will say, nothing happened to me till I was in my 40s, but then it was a series of strange events. So you can't put your knife directly where you need it to be. You have, you ever mean, been, have you ever yeah. been back to the place where you saw it? Yeah, yeah, yeah I did. It took me a long time. It took me a really long time. Um, but yeah, I did. I went back... Um, 
I think it was 2015, June 2015, something like that. And that's when I realised it wasn't as big as I thought it was. I thought it was probably about 10, 10 and a half foot tall, but it wasn't. It would have been about seven foot five, something like that. And that's pretty average for what people say. They, they average around seven to seven and a half feet tall. The, and I, when I went back, it was so different. It was quite sad going back. I thought I'd be scared, but that wasn't my biggest emotion. It was quite sad because it had been cut back to nothing. The rugby club had bought it, and they're going to knock it down and turn it into a car park. So there's no bush on there. There's no tree on there. It's just really yeah. been sad compared to how it used to be. And yeah. As you remember it. Yeah, and it, it's your childhood playground as well. So, you know, you've got all that emotion mixed into it. And I remember going there with my dad when I was little, and I'd just lost my dad. Well, I've only just lost my dad. But if you get what I mean, I've been back quite a few times now. And um, A, because people want to interview me there, standing in front of the place. And because it doesn't scare me anymore. Because I know that it doesn't matter where you go. The reports are everywhere. So I don't think there's any one particular place where you could put your... Just I should go. imagine, you know, over the yeah. last, last four or five years, there's been more sightings of werewolf and strange yeah. things and yeah. ever. Because people are speaking about it finally. And I found that. I didn't know very much about the dogman creatures very long ago. That was Paul's area. Um, so I never stepped into it. But I started getting reports from people who were seeing them. And I thought... I need to help these. I just have this urge to help people, and I thought I need to listen to this story because they, their story deserves a voice as well. And I recognised in them me because when I tried coming forward to the foreseeing groups, they just shut the door in my face and laughed at me. And it was really hard that because I thought, but I have a genuine sighting. I'm not lying. I'm not making any. I've never made a penny from it, and it, I just it just ridiculed me in all honesty. And I thought, this is happening to the dogman, it's not fair, because they're having genuine experiences, and they need to speak about them as well. So I, I say to him on the meetings, come along, it doesn't matter if you see now, it doesn't matter, just come along and have a chat with us, or just email me and I'll talk to you about it, and I'll put you in touch with someone else who's seen the same thing as you, or experienced the same thing as you. Because when they talk to each other, it kind of validates the experience for him. It's strange, you know, when, when you talk to a lot of people, they go out of their own way, you know, they don't get sponsored, it's yeah. out of their own money, yeah, money to go that. here, you know, yeah. um, like Paul does, he goes and interviews somebody, they could, yeah. could be 10 miles away, yeah, you know, they're yeah. back, and it might be two or three visits before you yeah. get all yeah. the yeah, all the information. Yeah, you don't always get it on the first visit as well. No, you don't. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And, and see, <laughs> let's go back again and see if I can find more information out. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes uh, you know, people don't realise how much work is involved um, to go find a witness. Yeah, uh, are they willing to talk? Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. You were willing to share in the first place, and you know, because I think, oh, I don't want this in papers. Uh, no, yeah. no. 
You just promised them that anonymity. What basically what people like me and you do is say, well, I'll take the flack. You remain nameless and I'll take whatever flack that comes my way because I'm not going to hear anything off anyone I've not heard before. So it makes no odds to me. What some man in Stratford thinks about what happened to me that day means sod all because he wasn't standing next to me and he's not put the work in that I've put in. So I don't, it doesn't matter what they say about me. And I try and say that to the witnesses. I say, you don't realise how strong you are because you've walked away from a situation that would keel over most people. I suppose it's quite nice when you go and interview somebody and you come away after and think, that was good, that was. Yeah. I've enjoyed yeah, that even, today. Yeah, I've found I, I, a lot of information out and it's been absolutely fabulous. You know, like a guy or a woman who's been telling me story, you know, they can't be lying. Well, they, you, don't, you don't get seven foot five ginger Vikings who say to you, Debbie, I can't drive that road anymore. People come to me when there's trouble and I cannot drive on that road anymore because of what happened to me. And then you talk to them every single day until they go back out. Or I was on my mountain bike and whatever it was was shadowing me, Debbie. It was coming for me. I know it was, and I've not rode my bike since. Well, you talk to them every day until they can get out. And I've done a lot of that. And I've said to people, put your iPhone on and I'll come in with you. Because obviously I can't get there myself. So they'll put me on, like, FaceTime or whatever, and they'll walk in. And when they've had enough, they come out. And I say, right, well, next week we'll try again and try and go in a bit further. So all of that goes on in the background. A lot of people think it's just the story. You're just after the story and then you walk away. And a lot of people do do that. They take the story and then they walk away. But what I, think... I find as well about a lot of people, when they yeah. have missing time, mm. and they don't know what's happened to them. Yeah, it, it's a worry that stays with them. It gnaws at them because fear of the unknown is an inbuilt human fear in it we all fear the unknown and to not know where you were in that blackout period or what could have been done to you or what happened to you must be terrifying it must be absolutely I think guys what happens uh, quite a few of them will keep going back to the place at different times and and they go back on the road they might have been with somebody else but they want to go back on their own and they'll, yeah. they'll walk that Loads yeah. and loads of times yeah. to try and find or try and get some information, yeah. and and they can't yeah. until they can, until they uh, reflect on it in in later, and uh, they'll talk about it then. But sometimes it yeah. takes a lot to get the information out of them because they might yeah. have a, they might have looked at the body and thought a scar there. Yeah, and he might have said. They might have told 10 people, Bob, and those 10 people have given the eye roll. So trusting the 11th person can be really hard. But if you can look at them and, and just be honest and say, you just tell, I always say to them, don't worry, I'm not going to hear anything about it before. Don't tell me what about the incident. Tell me what happened before it. What were you doing before it? And then we walk them into the event. So you say, like, if he says, oh, I was going, I'd been for Chippy or I'd took the dog out for a walk and I was walking back home. It's easier for him then to tell you what they're doing. And you just kind of learn these skills over years and years because you talk to a lot of people. And I don't ask them anything. I just let them, some of them, it comes out in a big rush. And others, it's like pulling teeth. It's like one sentence at a time. And you just, people are different. But where they're not different is they all have this worry, this what happened to me that day. Will it happen again? And why me? Uh, that's, that's one of the biggest questions ever. Yeah. Why yeah. me? 
Yeah, why am I special? Am I some some special? Um, yeah, you know, I'm a mad. I'm a crazy. Am I seeing things that aren't really there? All of that went through my head. Am, am I just mental? Am I absolutely just a crackpot? Yeah, and no, nothing like that. It's just something impossible happened to me, and I cannot explain it. And for a bloody long time, I felt like I had to apologise for it. And I really did feel like that. that I had to say, look, I'm really sorry, but this has happened. And I'm not doing that anymore. I'm 50-odd. I'm a grandma. And I'm not, that's not me. I just, this has happened, and you either believe me or you don't. And if you don't, you know, there's not much I can do about that. <laughs> you know. Since then, you've moved on, and you try an alternative subjects now, like the paranormal. Yeah, yeah, I mean, not yeah Missing I mean, time. Yeah, you know. I just... Do you find it interesting? I do. I'm absolutely fascinated in it because for lots of reasons, really. I'm hearing other people speak about it, so I'm taking experiences, and then he's telling, as I'm interviewing him, they're telling me about more experiences, so I think that is really interesting. I need to know more of that. A, because it's flipping interesting, and B, because I'm hearing it from 10, 12, 16 people over, you know, over a year or whatever. So you want to look into it, A, to help them, and B, just to try and get a bit of knowledge yourself. And when you start looking into it, as you know, you find a thread and you start pulling on it and you, and you think, oh, my God, I need to know more about this. And then you, I just I think, who can I speak to? Who can? I don't understand about genetic engineering. I don't understand really anything about the, the UFO side of things. So I thought, well, just talk to people. And I'm absolutely loving it. I feel a bit freer. I feel like I've been squashed into the Bigfoot box for so long. Um, it's really nice to spread my wings a little bit and, and look at other subjects kind of thing, like the dogman, like the missing. These bodies that turn up where there's just one leg, just half of a leg, and the coroner's report says no suspicious circumstances. How do you know? Because where's the other part of the body? How have you, exactly. You know, all of that. And, and how can that you not think? I need to dig more into this. In, in oh, exactly. When people go missing, yeah. you know, especially if they go to a car park and they, they put the money in for a day, yeah. the car, and then they go missing. If you're going to jump, you can't do anything like that. You would just... Yeah. But people just go missing. You know, have they been taken as such? You don't know, do you? But you don't. You tend to find it. I just, find, I just find it, I just find it, you know, how the family can cope with it. I know, it must be awful for them. You look at the family, the one in Manchester, he had been to one of the concerts, he was down on the keys, which was nowhere near the concert. He phones his mum, and his mum can hear howling in the background, and he's screaming, what is it, what is it? She phones the police on her house phone, and puts the house phone and the iPhone together, for an hour and a half, Bob, while the police could hear what was happening. They never found his son. That, that night, they didn't find him. They found his phone about five days later in that area. And when asked for the recording of the phone call, as you know, all 99 calls are related. Unfortunately, that night, just that one call, all across Greater Manchester, didn't tape. The entire hour and a half tape is suddenly not taped. Right. Uh, no suspicious circumstances. <laughs> it's not in the public interest to release the coroner's report. Well, it flipping is, uh, because it's... I want to know 
how this young lad's died and what he was running from. You know, exactly. You want and to know, but it's funny how how police keep so much evidence away. Yeah. Um, if you're looking into something, and yeah. they, they uh, and if you don't get the de- if you're putting a, a request in yeah. for some sort on the December the eighth, nineteen sixty two. If you don't get the day right, the exactly. Wednesday or Thursday, you don't get the information back. No. Say, so we did it with Stafford. As you know, Cannock Chase is one of the areas where we get a lot of dogman reports. But what people don't know is there's been reports of upright, let's say, airy, upright, two-legged things from around about the sixth century. Oh, that's quite a while. All the way through history and up to today. And you get reports of werewolves, ape-like creatures, pigmen, UFOs, the whole nine yards. You say it's out there, it panics. So the idea being, right, well, let's have an ask. So somebody asked, and he, he sent it back. There was 12 reported werewolf sightings reported to the police. I think it was 15,000 cats, only a 10-year period. Then within 17 hours, the government got back in touch and pulled it and said, no, you can't have those figures. Those figures are wrong. They're not correct, and they pulled the report. But luckily, he had saved it, so we do have the original report. So then they said, right, well, what you need to do is we need to apply and say, was there a sighting in Wolverhampton on the 1st of January 1972 about a sighting that you don't know what's happened? So it's an impossible thing to do. So we can't just apply and say, have there been any werewolf reported to the police in the UK? They'll just throw the letter away. They won't even bother. So how you get the info, Bob? I don't know. I just, I don't know. I know it's so strange. Mm. Um, they, they don't they don't like giving information out anyway. Yes. You know when you yes. when you've been doing these cases, Deborah. What's the most interesting one you you've up to date? What you've been involved in? Um, that's really hard because I've had so many. Um, I'm just wrecking my brains. There's one that's always stood out in my mind. It's amazing. Well, there's a few, actually, because they were children like me when it happened to women. And, and Jazz lived in Seven Oaks. And he's, it's just, and can you imagine, it's an ordinary afternoon in the 70s. Sunday afternoon, you're waiting for the film to come on. He said the film that day was how the West was won. So his mum and dad have asked him to go and do a brew. It was about 11, 12, something like that. And he said, you know the old metal windows, Deb, where they steam up? Yeah. Was on. He said, and obviously it's freezing, it's winter. And he lived on the outskirts of a new town. And for anyone that's listening not from England, a new town is like just a new build. So you tend to find that on the it's been stuck in the middle of land that people don't want. And then you've got lots of fields and farms and woods. There's not a lot out there. And that's what Seven Oaks was like at the time. And he said, he noticed a face at the window. And at first he thought it was his same face. It was his, his reflection. And then it pressed its face against the window and he said it looked like a cross between a man and a chimp. And he drew it. Um, and then when he was 19, 21, he saw, I don't know if it was the same one, but he saw something very similar out in the woods there. But the interesting part about the first story is there was a milkman and a bus driver that reported seeing a orangutan on the road the next day. But you and it was in all the newspapers, but you can't find those newspapers because I've looked. I've even paid the price to get into the newspaper archive. 
and it's not out there, but people in the town remember it and remember the newspaper report. So that one stands out to mind for me. That's another one. What else? Sorry, Sorry, Bob. Yeah, yeah, some interesting cases, that one. And you say you've got another case as well. I've got these hundreds of them. You'd be amazed. If you asked me a town, I'd be able to tell you an account within that town. You've got, in two places, we'll go Sheffield. You know Sheffield, like the back of your hand. Two completely separate incidents right so they're not incidents that happen together you've got one set of woods and you've got three lads they're building you know bike ramps so the bike yeah. you know typical lads is a stream they're building a rope swing they're, one of them's up in the rope swing and sees something up above him what he described as completely covered in air looked like a monster like a chimp his two friends leg it he's the youngest one he's stuck up in the tree and across the way he said it looked like a chimp and it was in that typical gorilla stance, you know, where they're on the knuckles. They're on all fours and they're on the knuckles. And yes, that's yeah. swaying from side to side. And obviously he dropped down the street and he legged it. Right. Five years later, two mile away, you've got two lads, brother and two brothers, playing in the woods and what they call it, Ackenthorpe. Um, similar situation. They see, they hear this thudding noise, and it's something coming running across the street, the stream at them, and they drop and they leg it. And when you look at the areas, they're exactly the same, and the stream is the same stream. So you're thinking, is it something that's moving between the two areas, or is it something about that area where they've seen that? So then I thought, well, let's have a look. Have we got any more areas where there's more than one account? He jumped to Dundee. You've got one road in Dundee, and it's one mile of this road, and people up there will know it. It's a five roads roundabout. You've got two sightings, 10 years apart, both by men who don't know each other, both driving a car. One's driving to work, one's driving from work. The stories are that identical that sometimes I have to go back and look at them. I can't remember which one's which. And that was in Sheffield? The two I've just spoken about with the young lads in Sheffield. Now we've moved to Dundee in Scotland. You've got one road within a mile where you've got two men, 10 years apart, see the, exactly the same creature come and it just crosses the road in front of them. It doesn't do anything. It comes out of the woods from the left, it crosses, goes into the woods at the right and just goes. One of them made a report to an American because there was nothing out there in ninety-five for a British Bigfoot witness and he went to the Americans with it. And the other guy got in touch with himself and they don't know about each other. And then we'll go to Stanley. Stanley in the northeast, as northern as you can get. There are six witnesses to a really strange, hairy creature in Stanley. None of them know each other. And until I spoke to them all, they didn't realise that anybody else in Stanley had seen it either. So you That's think strange. Yeah. Yeah, it's beyond strange, isn't it? You, I've got, got the were they all in the same area then, in Stanley? Yeah, between Consett and Beamish. All of the reports are between Consett and Beamish along that coast-to-coast bike road. Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, and I think there's a, some kind of corridor there from way up Kielder, and it comes right the way down, and it joins up with the Yorkshire reports, and it carries on down to the walls, where you've got the old... There's one in Chapel St. Leonard. Now, you, you wouldn't imagine... 
that anybody in Chapel St. Leonard would make a report of a cryptic creature, would you? Yeah, you wouldn't think so, but tell us the story. Two people, man and a wife, out, it's probably winter evening, so about nine o'clock, it's dark, they're on the seafront, not where the arcades are, they're much further up where the nature reserve is. And they're walking the dogs along, they've got two torches, and as he flashes the torch, he sees his steady, sees his thing standing there, and it has white eyes. It was about eight foot tall, it was completely black, and it sets off running into the woods. So they, they're that scared, they pick the dogs up, and they set off running. And she says, as we're running, the torches are bouncing, and it's banging on the trees as it's running, and we can hear it banging on the trees. And that's an ordinary couple out walking the dogs. And they no. just pop up everywhere, Bob. Just everywhere. You know, them people be so frightened, thinking, yeah. what the hell have we seen? Yeah. They're the lucky ones. There's two of them. The ones that are unlucky, the ones that's a lad biking it home from school afternoon. He's like, you know, he's on his bike, he's going down country lanes, and he bangs into this thing that he says he's dead tall, it's airy. It growled at him and ran off. On his own, so he's like me. You just tell he's fifteen. No one's gonna believe him, you know. Oh, um, no, don't know. You don't mind if you tell your parents to say, "Don't be so silly." You'd be watching. Get up, I got. Yeah, get upstairs and get uniform off before your dad sees it'll go mad. <laughs> That's what I got. I like, I like that one. Yeah. <laughs> that was it. That was the whole event. Yeah, that was. I should lay on my bed and cry me bleeding eyes out for days. And I was just, she's just having a moment just to come to. She's just being a bit dramatic. And that's basically how it was handled in my house. You know, not a whole lot of supportive parenting going on there. But as a parent myself now, kids make stuff up. So, you know, you just... I think there's a lot of young, um, from the ages of five and six and seven and eight, yeah. sometimes they, they say they're having a dream about somebody yeah. coming through the wall. Oh, and I, yeah. think I, oh, now, I can't believe you said through the wall. I can't believe you said through the wall. Go Sorry, on. when I was a kid, I, and I don't tell anybody this, Adley, but when I was a kid, I saw things come out of the wall. And when you said that then, it just, oh my God, I thought, maybe you've seen the same as me. When I was a kid in my bedroom, and I would have only been about three, four, I used to see things in my room and they used to come out of the wall. And used to terrify me, absolutely terrify me. The point yeah. about it, children quite young see mm. spirit as well when they're quite young. Um, yeah. And they're not frightened. If, if someone yeah. came through the world, they'd probably want to speak to whatever it is from another dimension or whatever it is. And then they say, oh, it went through the world again. Or they took me yeah. to this place. And, yeah. and then I got back into bed. And that were it last night. And you think, you what? Yeah, well, yeah, for some it's like that. Not for me. I was terrified of them. I was absolutely terrified of them. And they'd tell me mum and dad, and they just thought I was being naughty. Because obviously, you know, I'm a little kid. I'm probably three, four, something like that. So just put you back to bed and tell you being naughty. And after the time, you just stop mentioning it, really. And then I think you close down. I think kids are very open, and they do see what adults don't see. And I think society does that. I think it closes them down, yeah. Some of them. I've got witnesses to cryptic creatures who have seen spirit as, as children. And some of them will say they had an, what the parents called an imaginary friend, but they could see and have real conversations with. 
And that's what got me thinking. Is it the people? Are they sensitive in some kind of way? I think some of us are, you know. I think some people are. I think uh, you can get more out of it. And I think that's why, personally, I think that's why, I think when you go out researching, uh, especially Mm -hmm. at night time, I think they're watching you. You're not just watching them. They know when you're going to arrive and they can either show you a little bit of a snippet or something just to keep you happy and then you might not see note for most. But it's got you but it's got you tied to the place again. You think we must go up again because we might see something else. And every time I say every time I think right, I'm done, something'll happen and and it draws me back in and I think, right, okay. I tend to say to people, if someone's on YouTube and they're getting something every time they're out, it doesn't work like that. It's very rare and far and few that you actually get something on camera or you catch something, or you actually have an event of some kind. Because what you said is correct. Maybe they know when we get out of that car, they hear us coming. Oh, yeah, I'm, sure they, I'm sure they do. I'm sure they do. And and if they they are are bit, yeah, oh, they are interdimensional. There's no problem about that. And they'll just come in and out. And it's like clicking the switch and they're gone. Mm. They've just disappeared just in the click of a switch. By the time you've got your phone out, they're gone. Or your camera out. Yeah. Think, right, I'll have my camera ready this and time. That, yeah, and, and that's if your camera works. If your camera and, works. And, yeah, you know? sometimes. And I, what I find as well is, is sometimes it'll show up in another area. By the time you've got your camera room, yeah. it's gone. Yeah, it's gone. And if That's you it. do take a photo of it, it doesn't come out. People always say, oh, we've, everyone's got a camera in the pocket these days. Why didn't we take a photo of it? For your average person, you see something impossible. They weren't out looking for it, so they haven't got the phone in their hand. And it's the last thing that enters your head. You well, it is because it. you're looking at it. You're trying to think, what, yeah. what, what is it? Yeah, it's exactly not on your mind to take a photo of it. Yeah, I know yeah. loads of people have done it, and they've been professional... Uh, cameramen, and yeah. because they've been involved and in, in, enthralled in it, yeah. Uh, yeah. And then after they thought, why oh, didn't I get my camera out? Have they, exactly. have they put it into my brain just to stare at it? But there's the other side of the coin. If we could bring a car, a, a craft, an alien, a cryptid creature in front of a camera, we would be accused of hoaxing. If we had it 100% and brought it in and said, right here, it's recorded for you, there you go, we'd still get accused of hoaxing. So you just can't please everyone, can you? Oh, no, you can't, unfortunately. And so years ago, I thought, who am I trying to prove this to? I thought, just to me, really. So I don't need, you know, I just want to prove to me that I saw something that I was not absolutely mental that day. And I saw something. So people are saying to me, why don't you take your camera in? go out to set me camera to set photos i was out and something happened when i was out and that's it so there's nothing i can do about it i can't reinvent the event and film it for you because if i did that i'd be a fraud well deborah we've got about four minutes left that's all it's gone so (laughs) now um for everybody out there where can people find you you've got an email address or a website or anything just let yeah, the listeners yeah, know yeah. about it now. Um, just my name, Debbie Hatswell, and it's all lowercase, and it's D-E-B-B-I-E-H-A-T-S-W-E-L-L at gmail.com. You find me there, or ask Paul or ask Bob, 
and they'll forward you over and I will get in touch with you, I promise. <laughs> and you're, you're on Facebook anyway, aren't you? Yeah, I'm on Facebook. I have YouTube um, and I do the odd podcast on Spreaker and things like that. And then normally about I interview guests or I'll do the sighting reports that have come in. But we'd like to say we do have a members group. So if you're interested in a meeting up with people across the UK online or in the field or just being a part of a community, get in touch with me and I can sort that out for you as well because it only takes two seconds. And all we need is just your email address and we can we'll send you a monthly email out with any sightings that have come in, any meetings that are happening, any evidence finds that come in, things like that. And then if you want to chat to someone, say, in Scotland, I'll find someone in Scotland for you to chat with. So, yeah, get in touch and we'll see what magic we can make. <laughs> That's a great thing to do, that is, I think. Mm. I'm stuck at home, Bob. I'm disabled. I'm stuck at home all day. I'm normally on pain meds. And when I can, distraction is a wonderful thing. So I try and just, I think, I'll just keep moving it forward. I'll just help someone. Find someone else out there who they can talk to about it. And it just it just spreads dividends. It really does. That's great. That's good <laughs> for you. Gives you an interest in life. Yeah, that's it. That's what it Keeps does. Keeps you it going. Feel, yeah, it does. And I don't want to feel useless to come in bed. You know, I've had enough of that. So I just think my kids are grown. Now's my time. <laughs> your time, as we say. It's yeah, your time, time now. To yeah, show the people... You know, all over the UK, maybe the world, what you can do with your time. That now that would be a wonderful thing, wouldn't it? And it and if that's meant to happen, it'll happen. But honestly, to God, I have to say, I am very blessed because I've met many, many friends doing this, and um, people who have been in the same boat that kind of recognise what you've been through, or people like you and Paul, where you you think, yeah, I get it, I know, I understand, I've been there myself. So I think that's. That's the reward, you know, on the other on the other side of it, yeah. I met some amazing people. Isn't that good as well? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You do, get, you do get the odd one where they fall out over something, and oh, I think yeah. your best bet is to just keep keep out of it. Don't get involved. Keep to yourself and do your own business. Yeah. That's the one. Keep your nose clean. That's what my mum says. Keep your nose clean. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Well, thank you so much for coming on the show. It's been You're very welcome. wonderful. It was an absolute honour, Bob. It was. It really was an absolute honour. It's uh, been a long time coming. <laughs> well, I'll come back any time you want. Just give me a shout and I'll, I'll make sure I'm there. It's been, yeah, it's been lovely. You know, oh, it's, it's nice to, to get other people on the show who have had sightings of different yes. things, who want to get on in life and... And, and to help people, the main thing is to help people, That's to understand the what they've seen. Yeah, and yeah. if you can help in any way, feeling better, it's absolutely great then. You've got to do it. I think it's a British thing as well. I think it, it's we, we're on such a small island and we live so close to our neighbours that I think you just think, well, as long as I keep my nose clean and I'm nice and I'm always honest, I'll be all right. You know, life will see me fine. <laughs> I like it, I like it. <laughs> but yes, yeah, so thank you so much. Thank you, Chris, and thank you to Susan being the producer Ooh. of the show. Yeah. Uh, don't forget, Susan, she's five hours behind us, so it's like yeah. her afternoon now. Uh, yes, yeah, so thank you, Susan, being the producer of the show. 
Thank you to Deborah for coming on the show. Everybody, have a lovely weekend. And I'll see you next week, next Wednesday and Friday next week uh, with new guests again. Bye for now. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.